listening to the Testudo Times Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins Colossus. Welcome to episode 107 of the Testudo Times podcast, where I'm sorry, I haven't been really focusing on Maryland much since I got up and was starting to get ready to record this podcast. I've been focusing on how John Schuster went from everybody's least favorite curler in the history of mankind to, holy crap, he made the semifinals of the Olympic tournament. We have graduated, Thomas, from a Red Panda podcast to a curling podcast. Yeah, I don't know how good Maryland's curling team is, but that's something that I'm uh, definitely going to research when we're done here. I absolutely have to do that, too, and I wish there was a Maryland curling team, because if there was, I would have been all over that. I would have probably oh, yeah, joined have, it. I would have joined I'd it. I'd have 1,500 words on it right now. Ah, see, these are great journalistic opportunities, and uh, that, that would have been amazing. Maryland curling, I think we need to, if there isn't a Maryland curling team, and you're listening to this show, and you're at Maryland, start one immediately. We need one. And, uh, Lamar, what, what, what do you think about Maryland curling? I, I'm just finding out that we didn't have a curling team. I thought we were a curling school. I was like, I've been all curling since I got here. Do we play other sports? I've just I, been like following curling so. in like some random ice rink by myself. Is that what you're telling me? I, I mean, you might have, but I, I know it's not it's like it took us a while to get a hockey team that was even remotely, you know, a thing. But uh, again, if there isn't a Maryland curling team after this show, there's going to be one. Anyway, we should talk about other Maryland sports-related things. And normally, Thomas, on this show, in recent weeks and months, we've been vamping because Maryland has been bad and we've been writing the same story over and over again about how they can't win on the road and it's frustrating. And I bet you got sick and tired of writing the same story over and over again, as we all do. But hey, they won a game on the road! Yes, indeed. It, it was one of those... They, I mean, for a while, it really didn't look like they were going to. They were down 11 in the second half. But did you um, see what Northwestern then, did against Michigan State two days earlier? Yeah. No lead is safe yeah, for Northwestern it, at this point. Northwestern is the most curious case in college basketball this year. Not Minnesota? Just Min- well, Minnesota it makes a little bit more sense because they lost a lot of people. Yes. but And in some extenuating circumstances there, too. Yeah. But Northwestern. But, but for, I mean, for Maryland to come back and win that, I mean, it's – I, who knows what it really means? Probably um, nothing. Maryland's no. I, th- I think Maryland. I don't know what a win over Michigan would do. I don't know it what means a potential win. The standings. They are eighth and locked. Yeah, and I don't know what a potential win over the one seed in the Big Ten tournament would do. Um, if that you know even has a chance to happen, it they'll make they'll us play slightly more intrigued on Selection Sunday. Is probably yeah. what it would do. That's about it. And I think that, I mean, then the weird thing, though, is, like, I don't know if having a full week off before Selection Sunday might, like, affect how the committee views any Big Ten teams. Like, just they forget about them. I, I don't I know. I think that might especially, be possible. Especially because there's only really four teams that are assured to get in, and Nebraska was the fifth, and they just lost to Illinois, so that really hurts. But – it is odd when you think about it. I guess we could talk about this after Maryland's tournament is over. At this point, they are more than likely playing Northwestern again. They could play Wisconsin pending what happens in the weekend, but I doubt it. So they'll have a chance to sweep the season series against Northwestern in front of Madison Square Garden with 10 people in it on thir- next Thursday afternoon. They're playing at noon, by the way, everybody. 
So uh, you're going to have to stream BTN to go to watch Maryland play a game in a conference tournament one week earlier than they should in an arena where there shouldn't be a Big Ten tournament. And it kind of sucks because Maryland often gets good fan support in New York. But it being 12 o'clock on Thursday, the wrong week, that's going to be the most dead gym since Allstate Arena. Yeah, how about it? Uh, um, did you I, notice? I remember... Okay, did did was there as much tweeting about the girl screaming like she was yes. either in very visceral pain as much as there should have been? Yeah, yeah, that was terrible. That was upsetting. It was very oh, sad. Man. I mean, there's always some idiot in all sporting events that the mics unimaginably pick up that's screaming for whatever reason at the top of her lungs that sounds like she's giving birth for some reason. Or that she's in visceral pain. And I guess watching Northwestern basketball this year in the shadow of takeoff sounds from O'Hare Airport is going to put you in visceral pain. But that was because the gym was so quiet and even the announcers, poor Bill Raftery sounded like he didn't want to be there. I mean, you heard every single scream she made. Every single scream she made. And it was so annoying. <laughs> I think the – so the cousin of the um... – like screaming fan on TV is the fan that's right in front of the TV camera who occasionally will like put their arms up and like get on TV that way or dab. And block it. Like if you remember, I don't remember what game it was earlier this year. Um, someone hit a game winning three, but you couldn't see the ball go in because some fan had put up their arm. Oh my God. I remember that camera yeah. view. That was so upsetting. Yeah, so like that's the that's like the cousin of the cat, you know, just ha- having a chance to whatever. Fan, for, I guess I don't know. Wh- whatever that even was. Uh, so what I'm hearing is they should both be banned from basketball games. I think they should. Well, the my favorite stadium in which when hands go up it blocks the camera view is FedEx Field. That happens yeah. all the time. Oh yeah. If you've ever watched a game at FedEx Field, it's instant. Like, hey, look at that! But we can't see what you're doing now. It's really funny, but I mean, yeah, I mean that one's obviously more just kind of bad luck for TV people than it is fans actually being annoying. But here's the problem: like, if you we've all been in production situations before, we know what it's like. Like, you can't do much to get that woman out of the sound because it's picked up by ambient mics, and you know if if you lowered that down, you'd hear nothing in the gym. I mean, because that place was dead, 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 dead. Yeah, the Northwestern blog first, like tweeted that there were exactly four people in their student section. I think it would which be because remember, it's Edmonton. sounds like a Maryland football game. That sounds like <laughs> a Maryland football game to me, absolutely. But I mean, imagine, well, it looked like a Maryland one, football game at one point. It did that tackle on uh, Cowan Yeesh. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't pass interference. He did tip the ball before he got there, so it was a live ball. But come on, but I have to be honest, you can't run through him. If that was a Maryland corner, they would have probably been called for pass interference. <laughs> Sad to say, it probably would have happened. <laughs> but you have you have all of this. I mean, that's just the weirdness of the Big Ten right now because you've got. I mean, imagine if that was a Northwestern game and Northwestern was coming off a tournament season. Remember, DePaul played there for a million years. What were DePaul games like? Oh my God. Anyway. These are just things that we think about. Whereas there's not much we can say about that game. I mean, it, Thomas, getting back to seriousness about the game, they played well enough to win. I mean, Northwestern just completely fell apart towards the end. But I guess that should give them confidence because when they play at home, as we've said repeatedly on this show, they can beat anybody. And Michigan at home, it's a game that they should at least be competitive and have a chance to win because on the road, they only lost to them by one inexplicably. 
So, as we said, like, if they can play like that, they have an opportunity to win and finish 2011 and 9-9 in a season where everything possible went wrong. Yeah, to me, if that's your bad, everything goes wrong season, then you're doing something not horribly. I mean, the the thing that really stood out to me about that game was that um, they didn't have any real weak links. Um, Anthony Cowan really stepped up in the second half. Deion Wiley had a great second half. Jack both had centers, a couple of good games. Both centers had pretty good games for the first time in a while. Um, now, both of them were actually kind of quiet in the second half as, you know, Cowan and Wiley and Marcel did more scoring and hurt her a lot. Um, but the, like, they had, you know, five or six guys had really good games. And that's, you know, the most they've had on the road in a while. That's like, the most they've for, had basically for, ever. I mean, you know, they've had home games where, like, five or six guys have had really, you know, strong performances before. But that's um, home. But, and again, we said Maryland is a totally Yeah, no, that's as many team. as they've had on the road, I think, all season. And, yeah. to think, and to think about it, Lamar, and this is, I guess, what's frustrating for so many Maryland fans, is because this team's road losses weren't exactly blowouts most of the time. They were close, and they did just enough stupid things to lose. And let's say they flip maybe Michigan and Indiana. I was reading the comments after the game on Monday night, and that's essentially what someone was saying. If you flip Michigan and Indiana, you turn those from losses into victories. Maryland suddenly, if they win on Saturday, is what? 22-9 and and 11-7 and in conference. They'd still be a bubble team, but that's just the fine margins of the season where the bubble and the Big Ten are terrible. That's what the margins could be, and I guess that's the biggest regret from a season like this, right? Well, it's the biggest regret, but you also have to look at it in this way. This is a team that lost a player that was expected to be a lottery pick in Justin Jackson. Um, and then Ivan Bender, even Bender isn't like, he's also a significant role player. And they've still been in most of these games, which is like not what you'd expect when you, uh, if you would have started the season and said those same things. Like, this isn't a failed season, especially under those uh, conditions, but it is disappointing because they, they did fight in so many of those games. They were right there, especially Michigan had that one won until they didn't, and then Indiana was also disappointing. And, yeah, you're talking about a bubble team that doesn't have, a, again, doesn't have a very strong non-conference uh, uh, resume, but still is, like, still performed well in the Big Ten. Would have been, like you said, 11-7 and seven if they went on fr- uh, Saturday as well and could be looking at a four-straight tournament. So it's have, not – I mean, it's not over. But I mean, yeah. they're gonna have to win. They're gonna have to win on Saturday, and then they have to at least win two games in the Big Ten tournament, maybe three. They have to win two games in the Big Ten tournament to get back on the bubble, yeah, probably. Yes. And, or, and so like the easiest way to the tournament, which is like easy and like heavy quotations, is like winning the Big Ten tournament, which is which means ridiculous. they are going to have to beat in all likelihood. At le- you're going to have to beat maybe all three of Michigan State, Ohio State, and Purdue on three consecutive days after so, they played another game. So they're pushing they, – they push through the entire season, and, like, it's commendable that they fought this far and, like, still have, like, a 
pathway when you see like other teams like Minnesota who had different like different conditions around them and they collapsed and like this isn't a team that collapsed they fought all the way through but I, like they're fighting to the end it's like they've gotten better but like I don't it's too much to overcome at this point to be honest I think that this is all true and I mean you can regret a couple of things about this season but I mean if this is their bottoming out season after three pretty good ones in what was a year where they were a bubble team really if they were healthy anyway again you don't know who's leaving and who's coming and they have a decent recruiting class next year, Thomas. This team, we've said it before, the possibility is there that they are a top 25 team a good portion of next season if they can get these kind of performances and the roster shapes up in a way where not there aren't as many players leaving as we have seen in recent years. Yeah, I mean, I've said this before. I don't know if I've said it on this podcast. If, if everyone comes back and no one leaves early, and the recruiting class, I mean, everyone's signed, so it, it won't really change that much. You know, it might just add. That'll be the deepest team Turgeon will have had at Maryland. Yep. And I don't know if the starting five will be as good as the 15, The starting five won't team. have but the that team was so name paper-free. power. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was thin, and I think a lot of that was, you know, like, so Dion Wiley was originally, like, going to start on that team, and he, he was out for the season. Um, and after that, they just didn't have the bench that they needed. I think the, the theoretical 2018-19 team will not have that issue. Nope. Um, that team may or may not have Jalen Smith coming off the bench. <laughs> yeah. Which is, re- wow. Five Which stars going to... There, there has not been a Maryland team in a long time that would have anyone near that caliber coming off I mean, the But bench. even if Justin Jackson leaves, and that's still very much possible... The likelihood is, obviously, Marcel's coming back. Cowan and Herter are probably coming back. I don't think Bruno Fernando goes. I think he stays one more year. He's really good, but he's still a little bit too inconsistent, I think, for the NBA and maybe a little too raw. But then you add those three in, plus Bender returns, plus Tamayic, in theory, is still around. And then who knows about transfers? There's always one or two, right? Uh, Snyder. Yep. Snyder, Herrard, yep. or Herard, or whatever the hell his name is. Thank you. Yeah, he'll I, be I, he'll be eligible like midway through the season. It's interesting so, to me what the what they do um, if they try to add another big beyond that. Talk um, to talk to Brenda about how they worked in Eliana Kristanaki. I mean, that, that's one thing they'll do. It's comparable. I mean, I, what I don't know is, yeah, what I, what I don't know is that if if um, Maryland is like content as far as its big man depth for next season. Um, no, I haven't heard about what it has and where I haven't been following much of their recruiting cycle the rest of the way, but I, I get the sense it's more backcourt options. Right? The 2018 cycle has kind of quieted down. Most of the targets they've been chasing for a while have committed elsewhere, but there's still like three months left in the cycle because basketball cycles last longer and there's a lot of musical chairs at the end. Um, so it'll be interesting to see just what, you know, what exactly happens Mark Turgeon has done a lot of, um, you know, surprises in the past. So, um, either way, this obviously is that, that there's team. still a while to go in that. Um, and in I theory, think, this season's not over after the Big Ten tournament because yeah. they're probably going to well, play in the NIT. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and they might have a home game or two, and you know, you see what happens from there. But well, I remember the NIT home games my freshman year, and they were attended by the same amount of people that attended Maryland Northwestern on Monday. 
I mean, Thomas, have you ever wondered what it's like to cover an Xfinity Center game with nobody in it? I've done it before, but... Uh, well, this is one you will... NIT games against, what, Southern Illinois or something like that? Oh, you'll find out. Well, it depends. If you're a top seed in the NIT, like, if you're a middle seed in the NIT, that might actually be more fun, because then you get, like, you know, other mediocre Power 5 teams occasionally. I, I guess, but uh, we'll worry about that when we come to it. Either way... Senior day should be fun on Saturday. Maryland is probably going to give Michigan a run. I, I would even think that they could beat them because they almost beat them on the road with the same amount of bullets, and this is a home game, and Maryland always plays better at home as we see. So that, that should be a fun game. And then the Big Ten tournament, we'll have a podcast before then because their tournament life begins a week from tomorrow. We're recording this on a Wednesday. So it begins a week from tomorrow. They'll play 10 o'clock, uh, 12 o'clock games, excuse me, 12 o'clock games on that Thursday, and then if they win the following day against whoever the one seed is, those games are on BTN. We have to mention, uh, Bruno Fernando tried to single-handedly eliminate Rutgers basketball multiple times. That's the only thing notable from that game, but God bless him for trying. Oh, man, that was... See, I I actually, like, missed it in person because I was, like, just working. They were still coming out of a timeout. And then I looked up, and Bruno was, like, 12 feet in the air. And he hit a three in that game, too. I mean, Rutgers basketball already has enough problems, and then Bruno Fernando trying to single-handedly end the program. That's not nice. They have family, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember, you know, I had been in Xfinity a couple times before. and I've, I mean, I've, I've seen Bruno hitting threes before, you know, in practice a bunch. And, I, you know, I was just kind of waiting for him to, you know, actually get a chance to make one in a game. And finally came. And now he's... You know, trying to track down Daryl Morcel, who I think has hit three three pointers. It's hilarious. This season. <laughs> so hilarious. Yeah, that, that's that's an interesting race to the middle of that one. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's a race to the middle, more like a race to the bottom, because it seems like only four players on Maryland can actually hit threes. But hey, hey, I'm, look for I, up to Jared Nickens on Saturday is going to be fun. I think he'll have a good one. I would think so. He's it'll be. I think Senior Day. It's always like that. Oh, yeah, he'll, he'll have a few. Is Dion Wiley technically a senior? I guess he is. No, he's a redshirt junior. junior. Redshirt junior. So they have him back. He got that medical year. year. Yeah. So that okay. So he technically would have been a senior, but so hey, mm-hmm. even more depth. Yeah, no, I mean that was the senior class of Mello and Wiley and Nickens. Yeah. And yeah, um, I think Tchaikovsky was in that class as well. Well, Tchaikovsky yep. is a senior this year too. So yes, it's so it's Nickens, Tchaikovsky, and Sean Ovey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fun. But, hey, it's senior day, and those are always fun. And oh, and Andy T. Yes. Okay, good point. Good point. Can't no, he's a junior. Oh, is he? He's a junior? Yeah. Oh, he did. He came with that 2015 team. You're right. Ah, yeah, he point. was I uh, thinking he's a senior. part of Maryland's two-man recruiting class with Diamond Stone. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, Legend. No, does Rasheed Suleiman not count in that? Nah. Not no, towards the... Yeah. Uh, okay, whatever. Anyway... Very, very fun and entertaining, so enjoy that, and then Maryland will be Big Ten Tournament next week. I w- it's Northwestern or Wisconsin who they're going to play, and they beat them three times already this season, so I'd take it that they'll probably win that game and then get destroyed by Ohio State or something like that. Who the hell knows? The Big Ten will sort itself out over the weekend, and it's still very weird that the Big Ten regular season is ending this weekend. It makes me feel like the Big Ten is the Atlantic Sun. Why is that happening? Blame Jim Delaney. Anyway, let's go to the women. And while the men were actually on the upswing, the women had a very rough week. Thomas, where did this come from? Um, 
I, I don't really know what happened. Um, it could be that it, it's possible that they were playing in over their heads and it caught up to them. But I don't know. I mean, there's there's definitely still talent there. They didn't play that well uh, against Purdue and then just against Minnesota. Um, just really had a poor defensive effort. Um, so it was it was bad offense against Purdue, bad defense against Minnesota. Um, and they just don't have the talent difference over these teams to make up for having sort of lackluster performances. Um, they can't really afford for their better players to have off games mm-hmm. when that happens. And, uh, like, I, th- I think against Purdue, that, you know, Kyle Charles went 6 of 16 or something. Um, I believe Chris Danaki was 5 of 23 that night. And a lot of, I mean, even those numbers are, like, partly because in the fourth they were down and they were trying to just chuck up shots. But I think in general that's what it's been boiling down to is it was bad offense one game, bad defense another game, and that's a two-game losing streak. And now they're in kind of a tricky spot with at Michigan coming up. Michigan, a very good team, um, slumping a little bit and trying to avoid the same fate as last year when, you know, that team was, like, very good, was, you know, almost ranked at some point. Um, I think it might have been ranked a couple times during last year, and they missed the tournament entirely mm-hmm. and then won the NIT because they were actually a very good team. Um, and then they played and Nebraska, so, too. Yeah, and Nebraska's good, although that that is at home. Um, Maryland's actually, like, one more on the road than at home, but... They have two losses um, at home this year, although actually three. Three. Yeah, three. Excuse me, three. South Carolina, I keep thinking the Big Ten. It's South Carolina, Michigan State, and Purdue. Yeah, I mean, but but by either case, I mean, Maryland did beat Nebraska on the road, and that, I mean, that's a game they should probably win as well, especially on senior day. Um, but I think I think they're still first in the conference. I don't know they how the are, is breaking out. The last I checked, um, it was them and Ohio State tied. But and Maryland, Maryland holds them. the tiebreaker. Yeah, yeah, Maryland holds the tiebreaker. So if they win so. out, they should be okay, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, I haven't been uh, I haven't been paying attention as much as I should there, but when I saw the scores, I was like, uh oh, what happened here? But I guess it's a depth issue, right? You know, when this team they have nine women in the rotation, Maryland is the men have eight basically, and there are going to be games in which you don't play well and you can't overcome that. And, and even then, like in the ninth, um, Asia Ellison has had like a family issue. There was a death in her family. And so she's been like, you know, back and forth, you know, tending to that. And so she, I, like, I don't, I don't think she was with the team for the Minnesota game. So then, then you're eight. actually down to eight players. And then like, unfortunate. also, I mean, Sarah Myers hasn't, has been pretty quiet recently. Um, and so you're down to maybe seven players you trust. You and, can't win and, any basketball games like that. Unless you're no, Alabama. I mean, they, they don't have the oh. they don't have the like the depth of the top seven to do that as well. True. Uh, yeah. Remember that game between Minnesota and Alabama that was going on the, during the Iron Bowl? Yeah, that was ridiculous. The Colin Sexton almost won that Five game. Five on three. Oh my God. Uh, okay. <laughs> Thank you for mentioning. Sorry, because that's that's the that's the. The highlight of my basketball season. Uh, let's get back to Maryland, the women, quickly. And uh, Lamar, they're still in the top 16. 
they are still they were the 14th overall seed when the seeds were released and that was with the two losses taken into account so their margin for error is smaller but if they continue to win they have an opportunity to really solidify themselves as a top four seed and therefore they would host games which is obviously what the goal is but th this team has found a way to really fight through the challenges with no depth and everything that they have lost already but you can see that you can't do that in every single game. And I don't think it necessarily comes out in games against the best teams. But Michigan State, Purdue, and Minnesota aren't exactly the highest of quality in the Big Ten. It's not Ohio State and Michigan, for instance. So I guess it kind of makes sense that they'd have a lower-than-expected performance in tougher games against teams where you might overlook them a touch. Uh, yeah, this is a team that <clears throat> lost two of its... Uh two huge program pieces uh, last year and is still uh, making up for some of that leadership uh, that leadership loss and while you'll have games where you're expected to be on so you come out strong uh, you also have those ones where like you said yeah you might just overlook an opponent and they come in and they kick your butt because you're also shorthanded uh you gotta it's one of those things where you it's just consistency especially at this point in the season mm -hmm. and you can see i guess in so many of these ways where this team has fought through a lot and thomas i know you followed this women's team longer and closer than many of us had it's clearly one of the toughest assignments brenda freeze has ever been given and the fact that they're doing this well is impressive in its own right so now you have to fight through this. And if they can win on the road at Michigan, which they have proven that they are capable of winning tough games on the road in spite of the odds that they face, then they have an opportunity to really you know, not just get themselves back into contention, but they have a potential to put this away. And they haven't really had many big losing streaks in recent years under Brenda Freeze. I can't remember if they've ever had a three-game losing streak before. They maybe had two, but I don't remember if they've had three. Apparently they had a three-game losing streak in 2014, is what Justin said. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, that was four years ago, <laughs> four years ago. It tells you a lot. So that is the way it is for Brenda Freeze's team. That's tomorrow night. And then I believe the final two games are on BTN. So you don't actually have to stream them. So that's good. Uh, and I'll be watching probably. And that's exciting. And hopefully they can rebound. But I think their goal at this point, even if they can get close to winning the big 10 tournament, which would be crazy is to do enough to get a top four seed and host, right? Yeah, that would that would be a you know I would consider that a success, especially if they get out of you know the first two rounds and then get back to the Sweet Sixteen, which and is exactly as far as they got last year with a much better team and deeper yep. team in in many ways. So very interesting there. Let's move on now to spring sports, where things are happening in more ways that I haven't really been paying attention. So Thomas and Lamar will have to inform me on this. I know I really shouldn't say that's on a Maryland podcast and I'm not paying attention to like lacrosse and baseball and all these things, but you have to forgive me. I was calling basketball last Saturday, so hard to pay attention when you're uh, not able to watch it most specifically. Though the team that I was calling was playing Johns Hopkins, so I caught a little bit of their game against Loyola, but anyway, neither here nor there. And I also didn't say to the Johns Hopkins fans that Maryland is better than them, although I really wish I had. Anyway, Thomas, fill me in. So lacrosse... And women's lacrosse still undefeated. Yes. So that's but they good. Were, but they evidently, if I remember the articles that I was reading, they won in closer margins than they probably should have. Well, well, the women's team won at Florida, 
which Florida's number three team in the country. So if you go in there and you beat them, uh, there's really no, like, closer than it should have been. Um, although that game was actually closer than it should have been because Maryland was up 16-9 and won 16-14. Um, yeah, and then the men almost, uh, you know, they, they got a bunch of real scares by against High Point, who I think had 11 goals in th- their first two games of the year and then scored 14 against Maryland. That's a problem. So, a little bit. And there is a men's lacrosse game later this afternoon after we're recording this. So, we'll see. Because um, their schedule gets a lot tougher. You know, Penn is ranked, I think, in the coaches' poll and is receiving votes in inside the cross. And then to some their next... Ivy League team? No, it was Villanova they lost to, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they, I mean, I mean, they get me, they're, all again. The, they're not all the same, trust me. I, I'm in this area, and I know they're not all the same. But they had a scare against Penn a recent year, I think, or two. I can't remember yeah, which one. So. Well, I mean, that's the thing. is like Penn and the rest of the teams on their schedule uh, for the non-conference are all, like, top 20 teams. So that'll you be... You hope that they play these kind of difficult teams. You know, if yeah, you're going to no, win eventually, the... you have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maryland's lacrosse team schedule as hard as any team at the, on this campus. I which only is think maybe the women's basketball team, but they kind of do it right. They, they they schedule the big teams. Not even they schedule a couple marquee games and then a lot of really bad games, and that's actually like mm-hmm. their their scheduling has hurt them a lot. Um, you know that's why they were a three seed last year when they were one of the five best teams in the country. Mm-hmm. So you have that. I mean, soccer always scheduled pretty difficult. But I think the lacrosse teams have won the award for scheduling difficulties yeah. every single year. I mean, and, and on, I mean, and on top of that, you know, the Big Ten is pretty Oh, and men's lacrosse, yeah. Lacrosse. Would you have ever thought that when Maryland joined the Big Ten and essentially they created the lacrosse conference out of nowhere, that it would actually be one of the best conferences in the nation? It doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah, it, it's been... You know, quite the transformation there. When we came into the Big Ten, and you weren't in school yet, Thomas, but it was Maryland and Hopkins and then other teams, right? And now Michigan has been good. Rutgers was inexplicably number one in the country at some point last year, and Maryland played Ohio State to win the national championship. It's And Penn State was number one, I think, at some point. Yeah, it, it's, it's how they went from uh, just Maryland and Hopkins and teams to, holy crap, the entire league is really good. Yeah. And the women's league's not that bad either. No, I mean, Northwestern has a pretty storied program, and there are several other, you know, really good teams in the conference as well. So, very good for both of these teams, but, I mean, they'll lose one or two. Maybe not the women, because the women don't lose. But I would assume that the men would lose at least once or twice at some point. It's just going to be how it is with how good the top of college lacrosse is, it's seemingly every year. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are a couple of other stories from uh, non-revenue sports that we should talk about. One that you were telling me before we recorded the show, Thomas, about baseball that got no clicks and you were angry it got no clicks. Yeah. And you well, actually have legitimate anger about this, and I do too. Well, it's, it's not that I'm angry it didn't get clicks. I mean, I, I don't know. It's well, it's a story you um, wish got clicks. It, it, I wish it got more than it did. So Billy Phillips, um, the lefty uh, who – got to Maryland and then was diagnosed with leukemia and spent two years overcoming that and finally made his Maryland debut uh, Sunday night against Tennessee and had a strikeout and a double play and a scoreless inning. 
and you know his whole team came out to greet him and it, you know it's just a two-year process of overcoming all of that and then you know succeeding is a fantastic story that it, it's bigger than sports really and of course it is. Yeah, and, and so that's why, you know, it, it's definitely the one of the more feel-good Maryland stories I've seen in a while. Absolutely. And uh, I wish it had more play. I wish I knew about it when it happened. Unfortunately, I didn't. But you, know, you always love stories like that. It doesn't matter what school it is. You could, the Texas player that's dealing with cancer right now and how against Oklahoma, all of them were wearing his name. It's like that stuff, it always, it always gets you goosebumps. And especially when it's your school and teams that you cover, you know, that deal with that. That's always a ton of fun. And it, al- it always hits closer to home when certain things happen. You're on the periphery in so many of these other stories. And in terms of the baseball season, which has started, it feels like baseball weather outside, doesn't it? It's really, really weird. Oh, my God. It does right now. I'm kind of annoyed that I have to do this podcast inside. Well, then we'll finish it is... up faster so you can go out and do this. I have my Chromecast is telling me it's 80 degrees. That's crazy. Yeah. It's February. Is it? Are you sure? I can't yeah. tell anymore. Climate change makes it so that no month means what it's supposed to mean anymore. Wait, anyway. what did you say? Yeah. What was that word? I didn't understand. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, uh, so what other things have been happening uh, in terms of actual baseball results and softball and the rest, Thomas? Well, I think the, uh, so. The one thing with with baseball first is um, they had two really good pitching performances. Uh, well, they had one really good pitching performance, and then in the second game the bats came alive and so they won the first two games on the road against an SEC team which is a very good thing um Mm -hmm. their one of their big questions preseason has been you know do you have a Sunday starter do you have a midweek starter and baseball also plays later today uh, as we record this so um you know the midweek starter the Sunday starter that's a big question mark. The bullpen's kind of a question mark. Um, the offense is good. The offense is going to be just fine. Um, so, like, you know, that it, it's one thing to, you know, overcome cancer and then pitch an inning. But I think Maryland's going to, like, Maryland's going to need that kid, Billy Phillips, to, you know, to actually be a reliable reliever this year, which that would be, you know, an even better story. Absolutely. And in terms of softball? Um, well, they are. They can pitch, which is a new thing. That's good. Uh, they cannot hit. They cannot hit. They have one player who can hit. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, at least you get one. Yeah. Well, they they've left both of their first tournaments with a win. Uh, they. Yeah, they're two. Left the first seven. one, yeah, which is yikes. But. Wins are good. Wins are good. Three. Well, I think they've played three games against, um, you know, like top ten teams. Actually, like I mean, they played at Auburn. Mm. They played at UCLA, and so I mean, they're they're playing these tough opponents. Um, but the the bats have kept them from winning a lot of other games that have been really close against, um, you know, teams that, you know, are. You would call them mid-majors, but they're beating, you know, Maryland, so. Well, it's a long way to relevance and up to the top for Maryland softball. It always has been. The only softball game for Maryland that I ever covered was them getting no hit by Michigan. So, shows you you how this stuff goes. Uh, We should also mention, Lamar, because we're getting close to Hall of Fame basketball election time. 
everyone's campaigning for Lefty Giselle to get in. Now, this should have happened a million years ago, and the reasons why it hasn't are stupid, and we shouldn't rehash them, but he's getting stumped for by Coach K, and is this the only nice thing we're ever going to say about Coach K on a Maryland podcast? For sure. Uh, but <laughs> I think it's finally his year. Uh, he's the only college basketball coach on the list, uh, 13 finalists, and there's consistently been a college basketball coach getting in the last couple of years. Uh, it's, it, it took four times uh, for him to make it. Uh, he It's his fourth time as a finalist, but, like, I think that I think he finally makes it uh, into his third Hall of Fame and the, and the big one. Mm, and he should. As we said before, he should have been in years ago for not what he did necessarily in Maryland, although what he did in Maryland was important. But what he did before that was equally important. There was an amazing story on the Athletic that we posted in a Maryland Minute some months mm -hmm. ago. I don't remember when it was. But that was as engrossing a read as ever. And I mean, we're Maryland. We know a lot about Lefty Drizel already, but that story was just amazing. You know? And that shows yeah. the kind of coach, the kind of guy he is. And the fact that he didn't get into the Hall of Fame until potentially now is still ridiculous, as far as I'm concerned. But the only coach to win 100 games at four different places. Like, that, that alone. Absolutely insane. And, I mean, it took Maryland a long time to honor him the way that they should have, with the Baz Relief or whatever the hell they called it. Right, what, what, was the hell, what, what was that called, Thomas? Do you remember? Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I don't remember. Okay. It, they gave it him some sort of bust of his head, I think, or something like oh, that. Oh, he he definitely has, like, a bust of his head in, like, the Maryland uh, Hall of, Basketball Hall of Fame or, like, the Maryland Sports Hall of Fame or something. Yeah, I, I think that's what it is. Honoring I don't remember what it was. Somebody in the comments of this show post will probably tell us what it was. My memory on it is fuzzy, but it took Maryland a while to do that, but they did, and it'll be good to see. Hopefully, please let him get in. It's well, well, well past due for this to happen. And I'm excited if he does. And every, I think everybody in college basketball will be excited, particularly here. There'll be enough people who have been waiting far too long to see somebody get his due. And that is something that we will hopefully see. That is about it. Did we forget anything here, Thomas? Last week we did. I don't, I don't really think we missed much this week. Well, that's uh, we got a, uh, in terms of, uh, back to uh, spring sports, we had a couple, like, and just, like, sports in general this week we had a couple big 10 players of the week uh tyler boom big 10 pitcher of the week um taylor bloom, bruno fernando taylor bloom. taylor bloom oh man tyler it's tyler bloom and taylor bloom those are gonna yep. kill me all season uh -oh. um see i already dealt with taylor and tyler in hockey although that was like eight years ago so i and then understand your didn't pain. didn't megan whittle win uh yeah Big Ten. Yeah, Megan Whittle uh, and Connor week. Kelly were Big Ten Offensive Players of the Week. Mm -hmm. And then Bruno, Bruno Fernando. Fernando. Big Ten Freshman of the Week. Yeah. So, yeah, good stuff. Come on. He should have Big Ten Dunk of the Week and Dunk of the Year. I don't know how he hasn't gotten that. He did have the Big Ten Dunk of the Week. He got. He was number five and number one in the week's uh, top five dunks for the conference. Jeez. He'll get Big Ten Dunk of the Year basically by doing just being Bruno Fernando. He's had a couple nominees. I, I think the one against I think it was Corey Sanders who was just underneath him and yeah. he just ducked out of yeah. He's like, I don't want to deal with this. I, I still think the one against Iowa was better personally. Oh, that, I yeah, he actually destroyed somebody's life there. Yeah, yeah. See, I it, actually it, died that game. I, I was watching that on a computer in a friend's house while they were watching the Oscars and I thought they 
were going to look at me like, Matt, what happened here? Anything wrong? And I said, no, no, no. Bruno Fernando just took someone's life. It's okay. <laughs> Who cares about oh. Call Me By Your Name or any of these other movies? Bruno Fernando should win an Oscar for that dunk. Or Golden Globe, whatever the hell the, yeah, the Oscars for Golden Globes. Anyway, I, I don't care. I'll just watch. I think Bruno Fernando's dunk reel could win a, an Oscar or Golden Globe. It probably should. Yeah. Just put uh, it to the... Uh, yeah, it's good enough. Put it to the soundtrack of the, uh, the Titanic. Someone yep, get on that. Yep, yep, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and again, and remember all the ones that he came so close to nailing, too. God, that's going to have to sustain us through the offseason is watching Bruno Fernando dunks all the time. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, at least we'll have off-season. I think maybe one of our off-season podcasts, Thomas, might be breaking down every single Bruno Fernando mega dunk. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that would be a tougher thing to do on a podcast, but we might have to try. I, I think we could try. We are journalists. If you... and therefore, Thomas, we are very good as storytellers. So therefore, even though we don't have the visual medium, we have the words. And if you've listened to some great storytelling podcasts in the past, we can certainly pull that off. I believe Sounds in good. you. I believe in you. And I believe in you, Lamar. We're, okay, maybe that's a thing we're going to do. This offseason, we're going to have a Breaking Down Bruno Fernando Dunks podcast. And we're going to do our best job in describing all of them in amazing detail. And that will sustain us for the rest of the offseason until next November. Yeah, I'm going to have to break out a thesaurus for all the descriptive words I can get. I'm going to have to go back, and there was a, a tweet once. It might have been during the last Olympics where somebody put together a words of uh, a list of all the words that Doc Emmerich uses to describe hockey plays. And I might have to go all the way back through four years' worth of favorites on Twitter to find that list in order so we can describe the Bruno Fernando dunks in much the same way. And I'm totally game for that. So there's one of your summer podcasts, folks. It feels like it's summer right now, but there is still it is still February, and it will be cold again very soon, we're sorry to say. Anyway, that's it for this show. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy Senior Day on Saturday for the men and again the tournament's next week we'll have a uh, podcast before we start the tournament where we'll recap a lot of things and set up how the big 10 tournament and other things play out but until then of course no terms